Hey, all medical disclaimer here. This is going to be possibly a triggering episode. So if you're not into like gross stuff and medical stuff, you might not want to listen to this one. So if you want to skip, we totally understand. We'll catch you next week. Okay, welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are just wondering how the fuck that even happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. And tonight, we're going to talk about how to be a good patient. Um, We've both mentioned our surgeries in the past and technically in the present too, because I just had surgery like just over a week ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still, um, this is the first official drawings I've had since surgery, so y'all might have a show. Woohoo, drawings! Uh, <laughs> and as Jill has pointed out, she's um, always, so when she says to do something, I do it. And when the doctor says to do something, I have learned to do it too over time, although not perfectly. Yeah, and, she's sort of stuck with that for a while. Yeah, well, you know, it's a family tradition. Um <laughs> One thing they say not to do is drink while you're in painkillers. So instead of that, we waited until I had the all clear from my doctor and we are drinking a drink called the painkiller. Yeah, we are. So we decided that when we were talking about how to be a good patient, how to behave after surgery and all the medical crap, that painkillers are part of the equation. So the painkiller actually fit right in. The recipe's on the website, of course, as always, but for those of you mixing now, it's basically a Navy strength rum, like Pusser's rum, which for some other time, I have a totally unrelated story a la tea, which is an amazing story and like very Navy-esque. It's actually a really cool story. We're going to have to address that right after we discuss the drinks. Please don't let me forget. Because we'll totally do it. Yes. So (laughs) basically, this is like Navy strength rum or a dark rum or whatever, um, Pusser's Rum is the one that actually, like, claimed this drink, I guess. It's got OJ, pineapple juice, creme de coconut, and some cherries for the garnish. Basically, it's an extra rummy um, pina colada with a little bit of orange juice in it. So it tastes like a pina colada with lots of rum to me. I actually, I enjoy a good pina colada. I, I sort of feel like this isn't really one of those. I, I have to agree. It's it's probably the least favorite of the cocktails we've had. And it's not bad by any means. Well, but it's not it's, gin, so I don't hate it as much as some. Okay. I swear to God I'm going to convert you. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just kind of there. It's, it's just, just meh, right? It's not spectacular. It's not wonderful, but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't suck. It's still booze. It'll do I, the job. <laughs> I, I know, but I even use like a really nice cream, coconut cream, coconut milk creamy type thing. I use yeah. um, fresh made orange juice. I, use, I squeeze it out of an actual orange. I know. I did all this stuff and I use my, my favorite rum, Kraken. I didn't use Kraken. I use Flor de Cana. Ah, we have so, Pusser's rum in the house, but it's like a do not touch thing because it's in his <laughs> cabinet. Um, so I will tell the Navy story in brief. Um, yeah. He no, was in the Navy for many years. And one of the amazing things he got to do is when he was sailing with the British, he uh, they <laughs> performed an amazing 
feat of naviness. I'm not going to go into super detail, but they did this really spectacular thing. And at the Queen's order, they got to do a thing called splicing the main brace. And for part of that, everybody got to take a tot of rum, which is a big old shot of basically Pusser's rum. So everybody got some Pusser's rum and like slammed that down. And that was good. And it, and it literally is at the Queen's order. And it's a very special thing that not very many people get to do. And so he got to do that as part of this particular detail that he was on. And so Pusser's Rum was always kind of a big deal. And so when I saw that this was Pusser's Rum, I was like, oh, look, sweetie, this is Pusser's Rum. And he's like, oh, yay, Pusser's. But um, then the drink was like, meh. Mm, Okay. Two things. I'm just picturing the queen knocking back shots. Right. And since that picture of the queen horseback riding last week, just uh, or within the last <laughs> weeks just came out. Right? I'm like, I'm picturing her knocking back some pusser's rum and then hopping on a horse and going, fucking yeehaw, motherfucker. <laughs> yeehaw, motherfucker. <laughs> I can so, so see that. Another thing, pusser's rum is like the worst sounding name of rum in the universe. So, of course, it's English. And I say that being married to John the Brett. They come up with shitty names for stuff. They do. I think Pusser is kind of like Purser. Like, remember Gopher was the Purser on the love boat? <laughs> if you can drag it back to Gopher, I'm in. I, I could be totally wrong on that, but I think it's kind of related to that. But I, I could be totally wrong. It could just be like something pussy. I don't know. <laughs> Which is yucky, and I wouldn't want that kind of rum. But let's pretend like it's about Gopher on the love boat. Yeah, although Pussy feeds into the surgery angle, but let's step back away from that for now. We don't really want that surgery angle on it. No. Um, I will say, though, too, that one of the reasons I love Kraken rum so much is because I can always, as I pour in my drinks, I go, release the Kraken. And it makes me feel all Liam Neeson-ish. I do love me some Kraken. It's got that vanilla-y flavor. Like, I used to really love Kraken and Diet Dr. Pepper. Ooh. It's tasty. That would be a phenomenal taste combination. In our old neighborhood, when we used to go out and have like um, fire pit, like all the grownups would go out and sit at the fire pit and the kids would run up and down the street and play like ghost in the graveyard or something. We would sit and drink and the grownups would drink and I would drink Kraken and Diet Dr. Pepper and it was delicious. That sounds really, really freaking good. It's really good, but I can't drink soda anymore because of my surgery. I haven't, I literally haven't drank soda with the exception of like ginger beer, which I don't know that actually counts as soda. Mm. I haven't drank soda since I had my gastric surgery. Go you. That's, you know, that's That's three years ago. It's actually three years ago, just a couple weeks. It's like three years and two weeks ago. You know, I I will admit I've had some soda in the interim. I I no longer can drink Diet Coke because it tastes like metal. Everything tastes like metal. That's the reason. Isn't that Anything, weird? It is weird. Anything cola tastes like metal. Now, I will say I got to give a plug for Lilt, which is an English soda that's kind of like Fresca, but very pineapple based. It's like really Fresca. Yeah, it Lilt is really, really freaking good. If you can find it get it, you won't be sorry. But it takes me two hours to get through one can. I can do like ginger ale or ginger beer. Mm. in stuff like <laughs> in drinks because hello <laughs> but I think you're like watering it down quite a bit I have not had soda though just to drink a soda or pop or whatever you want to call it since my surgery that's True. three years ago and that's, that's a like, long time 
that is a long time, and it's been killing me a little bit each time I say soda instead of pop, just so you know. Do you say pop, or are you I soda say, or pop? I say pop, I say cart, um, I say cart. bag, like grocery cart, grocery bag. Oh, 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 oh. I thought if you were talking about soda was cart, and I'm like, what? Oh, no. But, you know, Cousin Randy, he called them sudsies just because he wanted to be different. Yeah, everything in what the fuck is this a perfect encapsulation or pretty much anything cousin randy says anyway i think that's true moving on <laughs> i think of, i have to say i think of cousin randy every time i think see that go to the general and save some time <laughs> that because he used to work for the general oh my gosh is that the same company i hadn't even thought about it that. is it is wow same company he used to work there Ah, uh, that is hilarious. They have really branched out. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So, let's talk about being a good patient. <laughs> what would you think, what would you say is the number one thing about being a good patient? Just follow the instructions that the doctor gives you before and after. Mm. But so many of them are so squishy. How no, they're not. They're not well, squishy. They say don't lift 10 pounds, don't fucking lift 10 pounds. If they say don't unload the dishwasher, then don't unload the dishwasher. Uh, I guess squishy, maybe it's um, incomplete because, um, okay, so I just had a panic, pardon me, got to think about how to pronounce it because it's not a word I typically use, panelectomy. Just say surgery. I just had surgery. So I have the apron slash panna slash gunt removed. So um, <laughs> bye bye gunt, bye bye gunt. So um, so I had that removed, and um, there are things that you just sit there and go, but where does this fall in? And the bas- biggest example I can think of is when I had the drains removed the other day. Uh-huh. They're like, okay, just change your dressings every twenty four hours. Well. I got worried because I had to change them sooner than that because I had an issue with the surgical tape. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so if I just completely destroyed all the rules, am I now um, doing oh. everything wrong? And I, because I overthink things, remember? So, so that's within 24 hours. Sooner yeah. is okay. 22 hours is okay. 18 hours is okay. 27 hours, not okay. Okay. It doesn't mean TikTok, motherfucker, it is, we've got eight more minutes and go. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like that. Okay. It, I have to be careful about this kind of thing because, okay, grandma's story. So, yeah, I know, but. I hate your grandma. I really <laughs> do. And I, you know, that sounds bad and I'm sure I'm going to get some hate for that, but your grandma's a dick and she like fucked you up forever. You know, what I always say is when I say something about grandma and people say you shouldn't speak ill of the dead, I'm like, what? Dying didn't make her nicer. So No, she has a zero value add. With the um, exception of the fact that she gave birth to your wonderful mother, that was the extent of her value add. Because at that point, she ceased to give anything to anybody. She didn't even help your mother be a better person. Your mother was just a wonderful person on her own. Without any help from your grandma. That's true story. Um, um, your grandma's a dick. But I will say, 
<clears throat> Grandma's the one who taught me to question everything about timing because once she was given some medication and it said take one pill, like let's say, I don't remember exact timing, but take one pill every 24 hours. Okay. So, and my grandma was not necessarily a dumb woman. Um, really? Yeah. But she wasn't necessarily smart either. Um, because she sat there and said, okay, it is 7.55. I'm going to take this pill. Oh, now it's 8.05. I better take the next one so I don't forget tomorrow. And well, then she's stupid. And then she called my mom panicking because she was starting to feel really sick because she had a reaction from doubling her dosage. Yeah, because she took it 10 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. But she's so, got me antsy no, about timing she, now. She didn't teach you about timing. What she taught you about was stupidity. <laughs> There's that. There's yes. a big difference between let me take this 10 minutes apart and let me take this you know, 19 hours apart. It just cracked me up. And I guess it was more like 11.55, 12.05, because she literally still considered 10 it minutes. day. Oh, it's, it's still, still 10 minutes. It's still 10 minutes. Just trying to give greater depth to her thought process. It's still 10 minutes. Yeah, it didn't really help. Your grandma's <laughs> still a dumbass. Dead or alive, she's still a dumbass. And I don't think she taught you anything about timing from that. Yeah. Well, she taught me to be hyper. Well, okay, let's think about it. I'm going to overthink everything and get hyper uppity about anything related to anything, just because that's how I am generally. Let's yeah. move on. Anyway. So yeah, I just had surgery and I'm trying. Yeah, to... I don't think that's squishy. <laughs> anyway, I just had surgery and I'm trying really, really hard to be a good patient. But yeah. I know, and I'm saying this because John the Brit doesn't listen. I know that two days in a row, I technically lifted more than 10 pounds two days in a row. Now, see, that's bad. And I should have known because yesterday when we changed my bandages, which I'm supposed to do every 24 hours for where they took the drains out. Sure. Um, I have more bleeding than usual. Right. But, but did I stop? Because you no. could have been ripping your stitches. I know. But I didn't stop. I did it again a second day. Of course. I feel like you're making good choices. No, I do not. I'm not making good choices. I'm being. So I'm, what could you have done instead? Could you have said to somebody today at the liquor store, "Hey, could you carry this out to my car for me?" I could have. I still would have gotten it into the house, but I guess I could have taken one bottle in at a time. I mean, you still could have <laughs> also said to AJ, "Hey, AJ, could you pick up this box and bring it into the car in the house for me?" I could have. Yeah, <laughs> I could have. And avoided the judgment from John the Brit because just, AJ can show you how strong he is then. And it gets him a chance to be so strong. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know you were so strong as all that. And this is That's how you old. manipulate your child. <laughs> we might want to phrase that differently. No, um. that's exactly what they're for. That's why you have kids. <laughs> So the only problem with AJ is he's only slightly less judgy than John the Brit because last night we were cooking and there was red wine vinegar in the recipe. And uh, I know I'm cooking, but it's one thing where they give you pre-measured everything. Uh -huh. I, I can't fuck it up. It's, right. it's, I was given no free will in no, the cooking process. Okay. Um, but it was, there was red wine vinegar in the recipe, and I had to look up and verify through online sources that by cooking something with red wine vinegar in it, I was not giving my child alcohol. 
because that's wow. AJ was freaking out. Well, I don't know. I want you to explain the difference to me between. So I now know, you know, something has to become wine before it becomes vinegar and all kinds of other stuff because the bacteria eats all the alcohol out. And at that point, you know, AJ's like, oh, that's right. There is good bacteria. And he was then mollified and we could continue cooking. You need to work on that. Yeah, I know, right? I feel like maybe he needs some medication for that. And we could work on that in another episode. Yeah. But there are medications to help your kids be less judgy. I, You know, that's pretty fucking brilliant. Can I mash some up in my husband's mashed potatoes? Just yeah, check. you can. Because he needs that too. Because when I turned him over to you, he was not that bad. <laughs> I made him worse, did I? I think um, you did. <laughs> like, I, no offense, but... When I gave him to you, he was not all that judgy. <laughs> you know, I wonder if he just hit it because he wanted to get laid. And I'm saying this with all due love and respect. No, I think that's possible. I think that's very possible. He was like, if I want to have sex, I got to be less judgy. And then he was like, okay, now I'm getting it. I can be my real self. I think that's a very possible thing. <laughs> now, this doesn't really have much to do with surgery. No, we should get back on topic. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so... Honest to God, I think the key to surgery and to being a successful patient is following the instructions. I can give a really good example. A few years back, I had a hysterectomy. And like about six months later, my neighbor across the street had a hysterectomy. Same doctor, because she was a neighbor and everybody in the neighborhood used her. I mean, she basically took out everybody's uterus and just like buried her and her garage. But... Um, I followed all the instructions. Like for six weeks, I wasn't supposed to lift more than 10 pounds. I wasn't supposed to do a lot around the house. I wasn't supposed to bend over a lot. You know, don't unload the dishwasher. Like let everybody, basically let people wait on you hand and foot for six weeks. Hmm. At the end of that six weeks, if you're feeling it, you can do stuff. But take it easy, ease into it, do the things a little bit at a time. If I would go to the grocery store, I would let the person bring it out to my car. And then I would let... Millie and T bring the stuff into the house. And yes, then I could put the stuff away because I'm doing it one thing at a time, right? Mm -hmm. But everybody would bring stuff into the house for me. While um, my friend across the street had basically the same surgery. And like, lit like she actually had the exact same surgery. Down oh, wow. to like every single piece that I had removed, she had removed. Ooh. And she ended up having a lot of complications because she overdid it. She was unloading the dishwasher. She was doing all these things she wasn't supposed to do. She was driving too much. She was picking up stuff she wasn't supposed to pick up and lifting too much weight. And she had complications. Her stitches came out. You know, she burst a couple. She had bleeding. She had all this complications with it. And because of that, she ended up having a much longer recovery time than I did. Mm -hmm. I had very little problem with mine. All right, go you. I mean, you have to just follow the instructions. And if you do that, it's not a 100% guarantee that you're not going to have any complications. But you have a much higher likelihood of having a good outcome than if you don't follow the instructions. And for those of us who uh, haven't figured it out yet, this is why she's always and I'm never. Mm -hmm. And I apologize for the hiccuping. Take time out. Yep, time out. 
holy crap, because this is killing me. Oh, now it's going to stop? Motherfucking, <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking hiccups. Okay. Could I do what I'm patient. supposed to do? And here's the thing. I'm not even a rule follower <laughs> like she is. Like, you're a much more rule follower than I am. I am. It's so weird. Weird. How did that end up that you're a good patient, I'm bad patient, but I'm rule follower and you're rebel? I don't know. That's so weird. I guess it comes down to like when it comes to my body, like I trust the people who are saying, hey, this is a thing you should pay attention to. And I'm like, oh, okay, I will. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I unwittingly did something that no one does after the surgery I had that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce right now because I'm just not in that mood. Um, I, the minute I got back to the room after I was in the recovery and they took me up to my room and were getting me settled, I said, as they were starting to get me into the bed, can I take a minute to go use the bathroom first? And there, they looked at me and said, do you have to go? And I'm like, I think so. And they're like, okay. I stood up on my own. I felt like all my intestines were going to drop onto the floor. I bet. But I did it and I regretted it. And I and after I laid down again, they're like, wow, we've never had anyone get up and walk after surgery that fast. You did so well. And I'm like, yes, I did. But inside I'm going, oh, fuck, no, I didn't. Why didn't you warn me? I would have just peed the bed. <laughs> I would have peed the bed and been totally good with that. I had no, no, it was going to feel like that. So, yeah, there's something to be said for asking questions at the right time after surgery, too. Like ask, you know, I really feel like I need to go up and do this, but should I? Because maybe the answer is no. I feel like they should have said that to you. They should have been like, um, let's, why don't we accompany you? Why don't we help you with this? Maybe you should rethink this. They should have been like telling you not to. Probably, because... Obviously, they were not aware of my family's propensity towards, oh, you think I can't do that? I'll fucking show you and just going Watch out. Watch this. <laughs> Watch this. What's that? I broke my pelvis in four places. Yeah, I'm going to go throw hay. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm fine for this minute. <laughs> yeah. True story about it. Well, nearly true story. It was a completely inaccurate story, but hyperbolized for illustrative purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but it wouldn't be unheard of, and you were not surprised when I said it. No, not at all. <laughs> My dad once snapped his bicep muscle and waited six months to even tell anybody. What the fuck? How do you even do that? How's that a thing? You can do anything in a farm accident. So, but he, and although. That's true. Actually, it wasn't a farm accident, though. It was um, at work on the railroad. Then why the would you say that? because <laughs> again hyperbolizing for illustrative purposes but oh. it farm accidents easier to say than railroad incident that required an investigation anyway anyway all that shit um i bet your no, dad was a terrible patient oh my gosh yes he was a horrible patient um i mean he would go to the doctor with like his hand almost completely ripped apart looking like hamburger and the nurse would come over and go what's wrong i have a scratch Okay, and then she'd wander off and leave him because he didn't say, oh, I don't know, I might bleed to death because of the extensive damage to my um, limb right now. But, yeah, everyone in my family is a horrible patient. They're all horrible patients. 
Everybody in my family has pretty good patience. Like we do what we're supposed to do because I guess I look at it this way. I want to be done having to fucking sit on my ass. I want to be done with this shit as fast as possible. And if that means if I sit here for six weeks and do exactly what you say, then I'm done. I'm good. Because if I do this for six weeks and I don't have to do this again, I'm But if I fuck around and I don't do what I'm supposed to do, then I might have to do this for like six months. Mm. And that's fucked up. And I'm not going to do that. So I look at it as like, you can do anything. You can hang by your thumbs for six weeks if you have to do that. True. I've always looked at it as the lesser of two evils, I guess, when it Mm. comes right down to it. And I kind of look at that as pretty much anything that is odious. Anything that I hate having to do, anything that I hate having to be vulnerable, anything that I hate having to, like, especially depend on other people, I don't like that at all. But if I have to do this for X number of time, Mm -hmm. X time is the amount. If I do this for this amount of time, I know at the end of that amount of time I can be a normal person again, then... I will do it because then I know like on such and such a day, I can be like, drop the mic, walk away, (laughs) you know? But if I don't do that and it means that I have to fuck around with this for however long because I messed something up and now it's going to take instead of six weeks, it's going to take nine weeks or it's going to take 12 weeks. And now I have to do all this other shit instead. I would Mm -hmm. much rather be like, fine, six weeks I'm out rather than nine weeks or 12 weeks or two months or three months or five months that I have to sit around and be a dick about it. (laughs) You know, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And that's excellent advice. Absolutely. Absolutely excellent advice. Um, I can't. I I just have to look at it that way. I have to look at it as the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And, um, that's good. Maybe I should, you know, at the next family dinner, explain that to everybody. <laughs> Maybe you should just practice what you preach. Yeah, well, there's that because too. I do. <laughs> you do. And and I, I went to give T some credit because when I had my bariatric surgery, he texted me and said, hey, word of advice, be like Jill. You need to be a good patient and let people take care of you or you're not going to recover quickly. And I was like... Aw, and I I think I listened better then than I am now. Yeah, well, you know, if you sit on your ass and do what you're supposed to do, you're going to recover a lot quicker. It's going to be a lot easier recovery, and by the end of that time, you're going to be like, all right, I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, but then, you know, I grew up with the example of, you know, I mean, literally, my brother broke his jaw and waited three days to go to the hospital. And how he was, did that work out for him? Oh, he almost died. So, so okay. Then, and th- does that seem like it was a good example for you to follow or a bad example for you to follow? Bad example. So <laughs> then you, as a smart person, should you look at that and go, okay, so this was how that worked out for him. So, um, yeah, you know, we aren't the uh, best at um, seeking and or following medical advice. We'll That's just how we say, 
not the sharpest knives in the drawer when it comes to that kind of thing. When it comes to that kind of thing. So we're very brilliant. We just oh, have. Yes, you're brilliant. But. We just think that brilliance um, translates to invincibility and it does and not. It doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. No. You know, after my brain surgery, all I could do literally was sleep. And it was like basically everything I could do to get up and go pee. <laughs> wow. And T was amazing. He took care of me. He ordered food and he's like, here, you need to eat this food. And he would basically put the food in front of my face so I could just like lay on the bed and kind of, <laughs> you know, and kind of like lick it, <laughs> consume it by licking or whatever. You put saucers of milk in front of you. And... It was so close. I mean, it was, I was so tired. Like for the first week, I basically was awake for 20 minutes of every hour. Wow. Well, you know. If that. If that. Nature brain surgery will do that to a fucker. Apparently so. Apparently. Yeah, apparently so. It was quite amazing. And I was beyond, like, I had no idea. Like, first of all, they, like, peel your skull off and, like, peel your face back. It's all kinds of weird stuff. But I had no idea how tiring that would be like you think that it's not gonna be like what did I do I did zero things this shouldn't be tiring for me and yet I was exhausted for months (laughs) well gosh I wonder when doctors go in and like play around with your brain uh, but you don't really think you're I didn't do anything like my brain didn't do anything all I did is like slap it apart stick a thing in Slap it back together, put my brain back together, sew the scalp up, all good. Okay, right now I'm going to be always, because let's discuss this. Millie on her worst day, like say she's three months old and has colic. Uh Are you really doing anything? No, but you're listening to that. Someone's doing it to you. It's still exhausting, right? That's true. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, that's a really good point. Thank you, everyone's while I'm sorry. Well, this is Millie peeling the skin back, cracking the skull open, going directly into your brain and going, me, me, me. You want to know what, though? That's kind of cool. So when they put your skull back together, they put these little flower things on your skull that are made of metal. They're really kind of pretty. So if you look them up, you can look them up on Google, like the things that they put your skull back together. They're pretty. So if we x-ray your head, is is it going to be a bouquet? It's kind of like a bouquet. I've got these little flower things in several places on my skull. They're pretty. Damn it. Now I want brain surgery. I want a bouquet. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really don't. Anyway, (laughs) don't feel bad for being tired. There is major shit going on directly inside your head by someone who wasn't supposed to be there. I don't feel bad about being tired. I was just really surprised by how tired I was and how long it lasted. And honest to God, I'm still having effects from it. Really? I'm almost two years out, and I still have places on my scalp where it's numb from being whatever it did. Wow. Okay. Okay. It is weird, but I have somewhat of an explanation for that. What? Well, I was... I was in shock because after my um, guntectomy, I'm just going to call it that. (laughs) It's easier to say. 
I, I was kind of disturbed by how numb large portions of my abdomen are. And uh-huh. I, I asked the uh, physician's assistant about that when I went into my post-op check. And she goes, oh, once you sever those nerve connections, you can yeah. count on those healing at most one inch a year to rebuild. Wow. It takes, yeah, so at most they'll heal one inch a year. So you'll probably get the feeling back in those incisions long before I feel my belly button again. Yeah, well, I know it's going to take a long time, if ever, but it's weird because I still have some places that are numb, and then overall it's still just super itchy in that area where the nerves are healing back together. Wow. So I notice myself itching that side of my head a lot more, and it's not like I've got dandruff or anything, which, you know, no big deal, but... I find myself just sort of scratching that side of my head all the time. I can finally, it took about almost a year before I could actually use any kind of straightening iron or anything like that on my hair because for the longest time I was afraid to do that because I, I couldn't feel any part of my scalp on that side and I was afraid I was going to burn the shit out of myself. Wow. Wow. Things you don't think about. Right. Okay, so why I started wearing my hair curly. I have naturally curly hair. Started wearing it curly. It looks kick-ass curly. Yeah, well, I don't identify as curly. (laughs) Yeah, in general, uh, I feel like you just have to follow the instructions, and that's the main thing. But remember always, like, look at the end result. The end result is that at the end of this period of time, you're going to be back to your normal self, or at least beginning to be like your normal self. So whether it's brain surgery, whether it's a hysterectomy, whether it's guntectomy, guntectomy, whether it's, um, you know, gastric sleeve or bypass or whatever you're having, whatever surgery you're having at the end of the recovery time, you're going to be able to be back to yourself. (laughs) The idea is that this gets you back to you. So just do what you got to do to get back to that. Mm. So kind of tying back into our tagline a bit, did you ever think in the mid-90s, in our 20s, that we'd be going, oh, so I've had this surgery and this surgery and this surgery, and here's advice on how you can deal with that shit. No, we're so fucking old. That's exactly (laughs) like, what the fuck happened? Like, (laughs) I sit here and I look and I'm like, oh, Sonny, I'm such an old lady. Let me tell you about my pains and my rheumatiz. <laughs> you know, in, in the hospital um, back on the 8th, I had the sweetest nurses. And the nurse on the last, um, for the last few hours I was there, her name was like Angie or something, but she was just a complete doll. She was one of the nicest people ever. And she was looking at my chart one day, and all of a sudden she like visibly flinched and then looked at me really fast. And I'm like, hmm? And she goes, you're Gina? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, okay, I thought it was wrong for a second because I saw your age on this chart. And I thought... Your skin is so beautiful. There's no way you could be that age. <laughs> Nobody like, would fucking say that to me. They'd be like, oh, yeah. I see I, it. No. I tell you what, though, if I were not on so much oxycodone at that moment, there's no way I would have been that nice about it. I'm like, my age? What? No. No. What? Damn it. That was depressing. Yeah. But she was I'm going to be 50 in like 
three weeks. Yeah, but you know what? I have a few friends who are 50, and they're all freaking amazing and fabulous. I'm not saying 50 is not amazing and fabulous, but it's the oldest I've ever fucking been. <laughs> well, you know, every day you get older is a good day, though, right? I suppose. But it seems really fucking old to me. Just look at it as one more mile on the road to Helen Mirren. You know what? Fuck off. <laughs> that seems super old. Helen Mirren is really fucking old. I hope, but and she's still fucking amazing. Yeah, and I'm not saying 50 isn't amazing, but it's not. How old is Helen Mirren? Yeah, look it up. She's 74. Okay, so look up for me how old Judy Judy Dench is. Judy Dench is 84. Here's what I'm saying. So in that case, I get to be the older one. Yeah. Yeah. But here's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I'm not saying that it's not okay to be 50. I'm saying I've never been 50. I'm not prepared yet to be 50. It seems like it's a big thing to do. It seems like it, but is it really? And I know I'm not... um, you know, we're a little bit out, but is it really that much bigger deal than 40? Yeah, it is. You think? Yeah, because it's half of 100. Yeah, but 40's, 40's half of not, 80. Yeah, but 40's not half of 100. 100 is a lot. 80's only 80. 100 is 100. I know, but we're probably the generation that's going to live to 100 consistently. Mm. Unless we keep I- drinking like this. <laughs> I'm planning on it. <laughs> cool. Then it'll be a great 80 years. Damn it. Ah. I'd be I'm, fine with 80. Like, I don't care if I die when I'm 80. Honest. As long as I'm enjoying my life, I don't care how old I am. So as long as you're enjoying 50, it shouldn't matter how old you are. Agreed. But I'm still 50. <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm 50. Oh, dude, I don't feel like I'm but, over 14 half the time. But I don't want to do that whole age is just a number because that's dumb. That's dumb. I just want to go, yeah, I can laugh at poop jokes and not feel bad about it. And I also don't want to be that whole, well, I'm 50 years young. That's dumb, too. No, years young is dumb. No eight-year-old says, I'm eight years young. It's just a statement of fact. And until we're at the OK Boomer stage, we're in good shape. <laughs> we're never going to be OK Boomer because we're not boomers. I know. We're Gen X. We're the middle generation who's just getting fucked we're from that both sandwich sides. generation who hates everybody. That's right. And you know what? It's kind of a good place to be. So let's fucking drink and enjoy it. Back to surgeries. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I had to drink. Even though I didn't say I had digress, I still drank because the more I drink this, the more I drink this, the better it tastes. Yeah, that's true. But that's true for most of the drinks we've had. True. True story. Even the gin ones. (laughs) That's a huge admission. Okay. Sam. Sam. So, anyway. um, So, surgeries. I... I'm going to admit to, okay, so in my mid-ish 30s, I had um, a giant, I had a giant cyst taken off my right ovary that had hair and teeth in it. I know, that's so gross. I know, like, oh my gosh, I did not look at it. They're like, yeah, I have no desire to see that whatsoever. I didn't look at it. You know, I just at that moment I was so over it. It had been it had been messing with my sex life, damn it. 
it made sex painful and that made me unhappy. So I'm like, get the fucker out. I don't care. Um, but three days after that surgery is when I interviewed for my first corporate job. Literally three days after that, I got my luggage. I flew to another city. I hauled my luggage around. I interviewed for a job and nailed the interview. I got my first fucking corporate job, and it was awesome. I know, and you were a badass. I was a badass. I don't even remember the shoes you wore. I know, because you picked them out, and they were gorgeous. They were really cute. I know. I wish I still had them, but my feet got bigger, but my feet are back that size again, and I missed them. They were peach. They were kind of a... They were peach. They were really cute. A metallic peach with little cutouts in the side. They're beautiful. Yes, they were. Um, so I'm resentful that I can no longer do that three days later, fly somewhere for an interview. Not that I'm interviewing, because I'm not, because I love my job. But um, I'm like, okay, so what's today? Then? Um, I'm like 11 days out from surgery, and I'm like all proud because I left the house today. <laughs> I feel like a little bit of a failure by comparison, even though, you know, it's 13 years later, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the thing is, though, you did a good job no matter what. Like, just leaving the house is comparable at this age. <laughs> <laughs> Are you my fucking Angie nurse? <laughs> Come on now. You said it was okay for me to be 50. Okay, fair play. Fair point. No. Fair play. Fair no. Point. Fair, fair point. statement. Fair statement. <laughs> okay, I'm going with that. Right on. Fair statement. <laughs> fair statement. So, you know, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. There we go. 13 years later, I can cut myself from slack for not wearing heels and hauling luggage to a uh, commuter airplane. So. I feel like you can. Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, I was talking about you know earlier before we started recording. Um, coming out for your birthday next month and how I'm going to make my daughter haul my luggage because it's still within the six-week period. Hell yeah, make her haul it. You hauled her for so long, you should definitely make her haul it. That's right, and she was not a small baby. Oh, she was not even, like, she wasn't a small baby before she was born. She wasn't a small baby after she was born. She wasn't a small baby ever. I know. There was nothing small about her. No. To be fair, she uh, for the listening audience, she was eight pounds, six ounces. But in my family, that is admittedly tiny because I was a nine pound, ten ounce preemie. <laughs> but that's still about twice the size of Millie. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Millie was six pounds, 11 ounces. Aw. Oh, she was so cute. She Both was cute and tiny. We had the best-looking babies. We had pretty good-looking babies. AJ was a really freaking cute baby, too. He was 8 pounds, 10 ounces, which, again, for my family, was freaking tiny. So small. So small. So, yeah, but for normal people, it's, like, huge. How the hell did that come out without, you know, ripping apart your pelvis? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that. Anyway. <laughs> well, that ties into surgery, kind of does no it totally counts and then recovery allowing yourself the time to recover yeah yeah um because in neither case with my children did I do that no you didn't but in fairness in the first case 
you were married to DB and <laughs> you didn't really have a chance. I in the second money. case, um, you kind of had to like hit the ground running. Yeah. You know? Through no fault of John the Brit, you yeah. were kind of in a in a position where you had to do that. Although I will say, after Nina, I only took two weeks off, and then I started working from home. Yeah. And then I started working. The minute she hit six weeks, I was back in the office. With AJ, I did try to take 10 weeks off, but by the end of that 10 weeks, I was climbing the walls because yeah. I, I needed adult human interaction. Um, and, and that's not to say John the Brit's not an adult. Right. No, <laughs> that I could get come it. out wrong, but I needed to I, – I needed – I needed thought processes, not just watching Stargate all day. Right. Although I did binge every episode of Stargate during that maternity leave, which was kind of cool. Totally get it. Anyway. So, yeah, surgery. <laughs> I'm coming back around. <laughs> uh, so what was the first surgery you ever had just for something completely off the wall? I had my adenoids out when I was a kid. Really? Not my tonsils, only my adenoids. You know what? That's the same as AJ. He still has his tonsils, but his adenoids are gone. So why did they take out your adenoids? For Because I needed braces and I couldn't breathe and I was a mouth breather. Really? Yeah. I'm just <laughs> mouth breather. <laughs> and then my first surgery as an adult was to get my appendix out because it was about to rupture. That was weird. That was your first adult surgery? Yep. Because that was in your... That was after I had Millie. That was after Millie. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had just come back from visiting Stick's parents and our family reunion in just outside of Fargo, North Dakota. (laughs) Ooh, scenic Fargo. Yeah. Well, we weren't in Fargo. We were outside of Fargo in a tiny little town called Long Prairie, which was a bullshit nothing town. So we literally took over the town and doubled the size of the town with just our family. <laughs> so it's smaller than my hometown. It was, yeah. Oh, it was so much smaller. Yeah. You just, oh, yeah. It was so were. small. It was so small. It was great, though. We had a great time. We There was one place we could go to hang out. <laughs> it was It was a bizarre experience. But having just come back from that, I was so thankful that I got my whatever happened happened the day after we got back from that. Like, remember you and you and we went out for dinner that night. We did. And the next morning is when I had problems and had okay. it out the next day. Because not to shame a restaurant, but we went to Hoo Hot that night, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. And I was like, I didn't eat at Hoo Hot for a long time after that because I was like, Hoo Hot made me sick, and <laughs> then it was a problem. And I was like, this is a problem. I don't like this. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to judge you for that because I spent two years avoiding quarter pounders with cheese from McDonald's uh-huh. because I had one one night and it turned out my wisdom teeth were infected and I threw up all over a wedding reception and felt horrible about it and I couldn't eat a quarter pounder for two years. Yeah, happens. Yeah. That kind of stuff happens. That kind of stuff happens, but yeah, I remember. But I did we, learn from that that I need to chew my food better. There you go. You get some learning experience everywhere you look. Absolutely, if you, absolutely. You just have to. You just have to pay attention to what you're learning. Well, I find it funny. My very first surgery ever was the appendix, also. 
Interesting. Yeah, but it turned out it wasn't, in my case, um, I was uh, just barely 21. So my first surgery was also my first adult surgery. But it turns out it wasn't my appendix's fault. Um, I had... (laughs) I had... What was it? (laughs) I I had an an ovarian cyst that ruptured. And it aggravated everything in the immediate area. So all this abdominal pain I'd been having, they went in to look and see. And when they saw, the appendix was aggravated. So they went ahead and took it out anyway. Oh. But they also cleaned up the ruptured cyst while they were in there. And that just sent up years worth of cyst operations, which is why I subsequently had my own hysterectomy eventually. Nice. Because I'm like, can I be done with these cysts? Because they fucking suck. Yeah. So for yeah. me, the appendix thing was crazy because I, I, you know, didn't have a lot of pain with it. I wasn't, I didn't have a real fever or anything. I just, you know, horked up a little bit and couldn't stand up. And uh, then when I went to the doctor that later that day, he like pushed on my stomach. He's like, does this hurt? And I'm like, yeah. And then he pushed harder and he's like, does this hurt? And I'm like, no, that actually feels better. And then he let go and I nearly fucking kicked him in the face. I was like, ah! <laughs> like about that. I'm like, ah! So yeah, I nearly kicked him in the face when he let go. And he's like, that's called rebound tenderness. And I'm like, that motherfucker was not tender, you asshole. You should have told me what you were going to do. That hurt. Like, that, le- that really, really hurt. I almost kicked him and he's like, we need you to go down to the hospital and get this test done. And I'm like, why can't you just get some medicine for it? He's like, well, I'm pretty sure you're going to need surgery. And I'm like, I don't really have time for surgery. I have a kid I got to go pick up. I've got things I have to do. And he said, well, that's not really going to happen. So we got, he said, go down and get this test. So we went and got the test and he's like, the people were like, yeah, you're going to need to go in for surgery. So we had to call my parents. My parents picked up Millie and they went and took him over to our next door neighbors, took Millie over there and then went and picked her up later. But in the meantime, they took me into surgery and I got that taken out. And I was like, I have a lot of things I need to get done. I don't have time for this. I have like a job to go to. I have a kid to raise. They're like, well, you can't hold anything. You can't pick up anything more than 10 pounds. And I said, my child is 19 pounds. (laughs) They said, that's going to work. And I said, have you ever been a mother? (laughs) They said, somebody's going to have to hand her to you. Um, That's not going to work. I don't understand how this works. (laughs) so I do want to say very quickly you kind of get I I can see how you could very easily slip into my family's mindset yeah it was something but I did what they said I didn't pick her up I would make somebody hand her to me and it was difficult two weeks I didn't do anything else around the house and guess of course Stick didn't do shit around the house either. I was about to say, you did your sister and parents over a lot, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> My dad came over and did a lot of stuff. My mom came over and did stuff. And, you know, I still took Millie to daycare. You know, that kind of thing. But 
it was like it was just the worst time it was absolutely the worst timing it could have possibly been Mm. well you remember when I had my sinus surgery yes that was disgusting yeah two weeks after sinus surgery um because db had not mowed and for freaking ever um two weeks after sinus surgery i called my mom and dad to come up and i went outside in the backyard with a scythe and was literally chopping the grass in the backyard that was ridiculous it was really really dumb and my mom and dad were like, and why is DB not the one out there doing that? And I'm kind of like looking at him and just walking outside with the scythe. Like, just give me the scythe, Why didn't dad. you just say to him, go move the yard? You've met DB? Yeah. He would have said it. Oh, yeah. He would have found millions of reasons why he was incapable of doing such a thing because it was just so horrifying. And how dare you question his uh, virility as a man and all kinds yeah, well, of stuff. Yeah, well, I slapped him. Yeah, well, you know, I was just like, oh, what fucking ever, and just did it myself. Pretty much everything in that relationship. (laughs) And that's why you're not married to him. I know, which is so nice. He's a horrible, horrible person. Oh, man. Anyway, so surgery stories. Yeah, I think we've told you guys what we know now. Um, You know, all the news that's fit to print, as it were. I don't know. In other words, you know, do what Jill says. Don't do what I do because um, <laughs> I have very strong stoic examples who didn't necessarily do the right thing. So you'd be like, what? I broke a kneecap? Nah, I can walk it off. No, no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. You have to do what they say. That was not hyperbole, by the way. I believe it. Yeah. I anyway. hope that if you're having surgery or doing any kind of treatment for doctor stuff, this might some recuperation is absolutely the key so thank you for listening to us every week feel free to binge it if you need to if you're recovering this is the perfect time for you to just binge our episodes that's right yay websites always you can see the topics for each episode along with what we're drinking and there's links to the facebook page instagram twitter all that jazz on the contact us page and if you haven't already subscribed, please do consider subscribing to us and maybe suggest it to your friends. Yeah. Uh, I know I've been doing a lot of that lately, and it's been awesome. Hi, hi, Ar- hi Arlene and Elise and Sarah and all the cool kids. Um, and hi, if Arlene. You- <laughs> and if you have time to leave us a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts where- or wherever you listen, um, we would appreciate that yeah. immensely. Yeah, we would. This has been a recuperative episode of Always. Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Gina. And I'm probably making my doctor very unhappy right now. But fuck it, I'm happy. Thank you so much for making us a part of your week. And we'll talk to you again more next week, my dolls. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes. 